0: Any tackles, can one man break? <laughs> You're saying that humans need fantasy to make life bearable? Humans need fantasy to be human. Woo! My goodness. That was good. You guys are pros. The bats. Relentless, refusing to give up. All uh, right, hit that horn, babe. Let's dance
1: what's up everybody and welcome to the fantasy flex podcast from the action network i am your host chris raybon joined by samantha providi and today we are going to get you caught up on all the player movement around the league and what has been an nfl offseason for the ages samantha what's going on
2: Thank you uh, for the introduction. And yeah, what a crazy offseason this has been. I feel like a lot of times we say it's crazy, but this has been absolutely crazy. Like, imagine if you're the uh, casual player right now and then like you get into August and start doing your research and you're like, who's on what team? What? <laughs> what happened? So, yeah, there's been a crazy bit of movement.
1: Yeah. So we're going to kind of run through every position, talk about all the uh, key guys who moved in. You know, we'll kind of get into the fantasy implications a little bit, uh, but we'll obviously dive deeper into that in future episodes. Really just want to get you guys caught up and give you guys little nuggets here and there about uh, what to expect uh, with all of these players that have changed teams. So uh, let's jump off with quarterback. And uh, I think the first one uh, is Russell Wilson to the Denver Broncos. Also signed Josh Johnson, perhaps to back him up Drew lock to the Seahawks. So uh, what did you think about this Russell Wilson move?
2: Oh, my goodness. It must have been such a roller coaster for all of Denver Nation, because like at first they lose out on the Aaron Rodgers sweepstakes, but then they get Russell Wilson. Um, And it's going to be really interesting because they were always talked about as one of those teams that was like one quarterback away, if that's really a thing. But we'll see if that rings true, because they do have an awesome quarterback. uh, Now, I do feel like this is kind of a downgrade for Wilson just because of how anemic the offense has been in the past and uh, how good Denver's defense is. Um, He did pretty well last year, but he also did post his lowest PFF grade since he was a rookie. Um, That was a lot due to the offensive line. He was under pressure, 37% of his dropbacks. And um, the O-line was just has been a pain point for so long. So, I mean, I think that this puts Wilson in that mid to low tier uh, low end QB one tier. This is obviously a significant upgrade, though, for Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, maybe um, and Albert O, a guy that we love in the fantasy world. But um, I think that the Judy and Sutton kind of fall in that high end wide receiver three tier. Judy probably has a little bit more upside. I think Alberto could be like a sneaky streamer week to week. But yeah, and then. On the other side of things, this is just like a huge downgrade for DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett and Noah Fant. Um, Fant definitely falls outside that tight end one territory and Metcalf, who would have been a slam dunk wide receiver one is more in that wide receiver two territory for me.
1: Don't forget about my guy, Tim Patrick on Denver. Wouldn't be surprised if he has a, a surprisingly good season as well, but. Uh, looking at Russ QB thirteen last year, QB seven the year before, QB six the year before, QB eleven and QB two. So he's been between QB two and thirteen uh, in each of the last five years. Even if you knock that down a couple of pegs, I still think the range of outcomes is mid, you know, mid tier to low end QB one, as you said. So uh, good move for the Broncos in this AFC arms race. And speaking of which, Deshaun Watson traded to the Cleveland Browns from the Houston Texans. They also got. Jacoby Brissett to back him up. Uh, one of my favorite things about this Watson move is all 230 millions guaranteed. So Cleveland went all in, but I think that's a big, you know, it's obviously big for, you know, just football players getting there. They're just doing in terms of the contracts. Uh, but what did you think of this one? Uh, Watson to Cleveland.
2: I was a little bummed out as a Panthers fan that one, we haven't done anything and two, we lost out on Watson. But uh, yeah, I mean, Obviously he didn't play last year. So we're going back to 2020. He was QB seven through 16 games on a per game basis. He had a 70% completion percentage and almost threw for 5,000 yards. So I think that it goes without saying that he's going to be an upgrade for the Cleveland offense from Baker Mayfield. Um, he wasn't working with a crazy all-star cast and the Texans back in 2020 either. I mean, he had Will Fuller and Brandon Cooks, and now he will have Amari Cooper. Um, the quarterback play will be pretty good. I'm going to put him in that mid to low end QB one here, but also you have to factor in, will he miss games if with a potential suspension? So what do you think of this one?
1: I love it for Cleveland. I mean, I can't comment on the, the legal issues, so I'm not even going to do that. I, I have, I don't know what's going on there um, outside of, you know, what's available. So I'm not going to get into all that, but what I will say is, you know, you mentioned that the top seven finish in 2020, his last full season, Uh, he was also top four in points per game in his first three seasons in the week. So this is actually massive uh, for Cleveland and Watson has never given us anything lower, you know, than top eight quarterback play in fantasy. So uh, I don't see why that wouldn't continue here in Cleveland. I mean, you know, there's enough on offense and, you know, Kevin Stefanski has proven to be a pretty decent uh, offensive mind. I think he was held back a little bit by Mayfield. So this could kind of be like, you know, Sean McVay going from Goff to Stafford, like, you know, this Cleveland offense could look really good this year. Um, and, and now they're even talking about, you know, perhaps adding another weapon uh, alongside Cooper. So um, I, I really like it for Cleveland. And I think we shouldn't forget that Deshaun Watson has had one of the highest floor ceiling combinations uh, in a game in fantasy. So uh, do you expect
2: that Cleveland will be less run heavy than this year versus last year? Do you think that that was more of an artifact of uh, Baker Mayfield and his skill set?
1: Absolutely. I mean, it's Baker Mayfield. Just look at his market right now. That tells you all you need to know. like he's he's been available for what a week now, and <laughs> we've heard, you know, crickets on him, really. So uh, I think that listen, the running volume for Chubb may stay the same. I think the efficiency will be there. You know, mobile quarterbacks tend to increase running backs efficiency. Um, so I don't think Chubb's numbers will change too much, and the offense will be getting more efficient. But I do think though they will be more willing to just drop back uh, and whether that ends with a, a Watson pass a Watson scramble or, or whatnot. I, I do think Cleveland is going to have a more balanced offense this year. you're going to see some things that you haven't seen with Baker Mayfield. All right, let's go to Carson Wentz. And uh, now this is where we kind of get out is this fantasy QB one territory. So we won't spend too long on, on Wentz or, or Matt Ryan, who we'll talk about next, but um, any thoughts here on Wentz going to the Washington commanders?
2: Yeah, what a sexy trade. Uh, I think this be, ends up being a slight improvement for Terry McLaurin and the rest of the pass catchers, Antonio Gibson to an extent, and um, Logan Thomas. McLaurin was the wide receiver 25 last season. I think he kind of belongs in that low end wide receiver two tier. Um, Thomas probably falls outside of the tight end one tier. And I think this is probably a slight downgrade for Wentz. Um, he'll probably end up in that low end QB two tier. He was QB 19 on a per game basis last year. So that's where I would feel comfortable taking him in like a two quarterback league.
1: Yeah. It's funny. Cause Wentz had one of his better seasons in terms of the touchdown and interception ratio. He wasn't really turning the ball over. Uh, And he still finishes the QB 19 in fantasy. And the year before he was just utterly horrible (laughs) and was the QB 24. So I I don't
2: even. Kind of a tale of two seasons, right? Too, because he like certainly looked better towards the beginning of the year and and towards the end of the year, just couldn't finish out the season.
1: Yeah, I I just don't think he has it. Like, I don't think he has what it takes to be a a pro quarterback in terms of the leadership um, abilities and whatnot. I know that's not really going to affect fantasy, but it's, you know, he, he hasn't really been a fantasy quarterback of note since that big year. Um, They got cut short when they won a the Super Bowl. So uh, I think this is kind of a low end QB two in two quarterback leagues. But if you're just in a regular fantasy league, I think you could kind of just forget about Carson Wentz. You know, maybe you stream him once a year, um, but not really too excited about him. Um, maybe he helps Terry, like you said.
2: My theory is that he has to be somewhat of an upgrade from like the weird QB carousel that Terry has had to deal with in Washington. So hopefully. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, the the thing is, Washington, I don't know. I mean, I like Ron Rivera, but the organization really worries me. I mean, Carson Wentz could, like, the Colts are a pretty good organization. You know what I mean? Like, you know, all things considered, they just had a meltdown, but a lot of that was to do with Carson Wentz. So I just worry about him on, on this Washington team. But, yeah, he throws he throws down the field better than what they had last year. So that that should, as you say, um, prop up McLaurin. And I think, I mean, talent-wise, he's got that wide receiver one upside. So it's really about the quarterback uh, for him. All right, let's go to Matt Ryan. I mean, talk about sexy. (laughs) Matt Ryan uh, was traded to the Colts. And so now the Colts have another one of these kind of hired gun veteran quarterbacks. What do you think, Samantha?
2: There's a lot of factors here because Atlanta's um, time of possession was just so low last year. They ranked bottom four, allowed the fourth most points. So I think that, On one hand, they're probably not going to be in as many shootouts as the Falcons were before. Um, But on the other hand, I I think that they're a better team uh, than the Falcons were. So we could see a little bit of a downgrade for Ryan. I'm not drafting him any higher than in the QB2 territory. I think this could be an upgrade for Michael Pittman. Should be in that wide receiver two territory. And then for Jonathan Taylor, I mean, how much higher could you really go from consensus RB1? So I'm going to say that that's probably neutral for him.
1: Yeah. This is another one. I just can't get excited about. I mean, I'll give you some numbers and then we'll move on uh, to some of these other moves, but last two years, Matt Ryan without Calvin Ridley or Julio Jones in the lineup, 220 yards per game, 0.83 touchdowns per game. So under a t- of one passing touchdown per game, uh, 0.7 picks and 6.7 yards per attempt. I mean, and this guy and he's old now. So eesh, it's, uh, this is just—it's just this is the best the Colts could do. They probably felt, but not really exciting for real life or fantasy for me. I, the Colts are overrated every year in that division, so uh, I can—I can see myself. a top division, them. dude. Yeah, right. It's, I can see myself betting against. Like, I can see the Jaguars. Everyone was on the Jaguars last year, like, oh, they might surprise people. Now they got—they spent all this money. Like, if, if if Trevor Lawrence is just you know what we thought he was, and like not being held back by Urban Meyer. I could absolutely see the Jaguars, you know, overtaking the Colts because I don't know, like this, this Colts team is so average to me. (laughs) But uh, real quick, before we move on, this is a player movement podcast. So let's just do some housekeeping. Just give us the rest of the quarterback movement. We won't jump into the fantasy implications because there might not be many, but uh, just tell people where, where the rest of these guys went.
2: Yeah, I'll start with the first two biggest ones. That's going to be Jameis Winston signing with the Saints. Um, pretty expected. I think the Taysom Hill experiment is finally over. Thank God. And uh, Marcus Mariota going to the Falcons. At first, I was like, oh, my God, this is the end of the world for Kyle Pitts. But then I looked that Delaney Walker made the Pro Bowl in three years when Mariota was the starter. So fingers crossed for my Pitts stocks. Um We've also got Mitch Trubisky going to the Steelers, Drew Locke, as we mentioned, going to the Seahawks, Tyrod Taylor to the Giants, Case Keenum to the Bills, Teddy Bridgewater to the Dolphins, and Kyle Allen to the Texans. Do you have anything to add?
1: No, absolutely not. <laughs> nope. No. Abort. abort, abort. Running back. Chase Edmonds, Raheem Mostert. They also added a fullback in Miami, Alec Ingold. So, I mean, Miami's doing a lot. We're going to obviously spend a lot of time on Tyree Hill in in a few moments. There hasn't been that much crazy running back movement. It's, you know, it's kind of par for the course here. Teams know by now they shouldn't really be putting a lot of money into this position. But I'm curious to your thoughts on, you know, Chase Edmonds, Raheem Mostert, a.k.a. the only other man that was a, a top four in, you know, miles per hour along with Tyree Hill these last five years, Raheem Mostert just getting to it with the with the quicks. Um, what do you think of this revamped backfield with Mike McDaniel coming over from San Francisco uh, to be the head coach?
2: Man, this offense is an absolute wagon. Uh, I mean, admins I feel like could emerge as the alpha in this backfield. He was obviously a committee with James Connor last year, and Connor ended up taking over there. So I think he could be the alpha, especially if Mostert is injured his season was cut short because of injury and that could uh be something that he's dealing with especially as he ages so uh, Edmonds I'd feel like comfortable drafting him as an rb3 and maybe most are rb4 rb5 later something like that but um hard to say how this backfield will absolutely shake out there's a good chance that they render each other kind of useless for fantasy
1: yeah, I think Edmonds is gonna have some upside, but it's gonna depend on ADP because Edmonds was really good last year. I mean, he averaged about five yards per carry. Uh, he's a guy that obviously can catch the football. Um, we've seen him in a in a kind of bell cow role in the past, you know, certain games where you know Arizona wouldn't have their, their lead back, whether it was Johnson or um Connor. So
2: don't bring up that. I have PTSD <laughs> from October, whatever when Chase Edmonds had like three touchdowns and then the Arizona account trolled us.
1: Yeah. I mean, now you can have more because <laughs> I mean, it just, it's it's set up for that. Anytime you're dealing with free agent running back moves, see Mike Davis from last year. Like it, you never know what you're going to get, but I do but think Edmonds, <laughs> <laughs> I do think Edmonds has has some top 24 upside because Raheem Mostert has played more than 11 games in a season once. This is his age 30 season. So listen, I think most of it will be involved. He's an old friend of McDaniels from their time in, in San Francisco, but um, you know, it will be interesting. The other interesting thing is they added the fullback. And so, I mean, Edmonds, as far as I can remember, hasn't really run behind the fullback much. So that could be, you know, a, a case for worry is like, is Edmonds going to lose the goal on work, the early, some of the early down work um, when, you know, when they're kind of using that fullback, which I would think would take the, the use check role. So uh, a lot to, um, unpack, but I, I do think Edmonds has at least some top 24 flex upside just because he's a good player. Um, on the other hand, <laughs> we had Damian Williams going to the Falcons. So, I mean, this was our joke all of last year, right? Like how many running backs on the Falcons were better than last year's free agent acquisition, Mike okay. Davis. <laughs> and now, I mean, they resound Patterson, but he's over 30. So who knows? And he really kind of tanked down the stretch. So, I mean, any thoughts here on, on Damian?
2: I don't have much interest in him for fantasy at this point. I mean, I can't imagine a lot of game scripts that are going to favor the run for the Falcons. I mean, I get that a lot of this uh, division is kind of in disarray, but they are not expected to be a great team um, with Marcus Mariota and no wish receivers. And yeah, I don't know what this does also to Patterson's value. Like you said, it's really hard to say what he's going to be like because at the beginning of the year, he was, an absolute machine with touchdowns. And now, and then he really trailed off at the end. So he ends up more like an RB3, given the a downgrade at quarterback.
1: Maybe he just doesn't make the team. <laughs> That's like, I love to do these hot takes at this time of year where it's like, people are talking about guys and saying, it's like, oh, you can be a fringe guy. I'm like, he has to make the team first. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so he averaged uh, 2.43 yards after contact last year. That was a six year low. Uh, And he'll be 30 this year. So, I mean, (laughs) the arrow couldn't be pointing any further downward. So let's just get right into uh, just for some housekeeping again. There's really nothing here as far as (laughs) other running back moves, but just so people kind of are caught up in case they're, you know, hardcore and really do care about, about these guys.
2: Sure. I mean, I think the only one that's super of note is uh, Matt Breida going to the Giants only because Saquon Barkley could be on the trading block. So that could be interesting, though. I really doubt the Giants would go into a season with just Matt Breda. Uh, but yeah, uh, Buffalo signed Duke Johnson. Carolina got Dante Foreman. Chicago signed Kari Blastingame. Dare Ogunbowali has yes. signed with the Texans. Um, Amir Abdullah signed with the Raiders, um, along with Brandon Bolden, Jacob Johnson. And uh, we've got Ty Montgomery going to the Patriots and Trenton Cannon. Going
1: to the Titans. The a whole bunch of nothing there. I mean, that <laughs> was like, what a for all as good as this offseason was. I mean, those learning back moves. And, and I wrote these in, you know, like there's like five fullbacks in there, I think. Like <laughs> it was like, what the hell? Um, oh my goodness. All right. Wide receiver, the big one. Just recently Pexy happened. Tough.
2: Yeah.
1: Tyreek Hill. He's not on the Chiefs anymore. That's like, I'm like, you gotta pour one out just because that combination of Mahomes to Hill was. Just so fun to watch. I mean, regardless of whether you had him in fantasy or didn't, I mean, as a fan that we're we're all taking L's, but what do you think about this when Miami gets Tyree Kill? They also signed Cedric Wilson, Trent Shurfield to play special teams. So uh, alongside Jalen Waddle, they're pretty much going to have a a revamp receiving core that doesn't look like they're going to bring back Fuller.
2: Yeah, uh, that Hill Mahomes stack has won me a lot of money in the past, so. Yes, poor one out for him. Uh, this is really to his chance to show what he has because he, they're they are investing so much in weapons. I think this ends up being a downgrade for Hill. He's going to be a wide receiver one for sure, but he falls outside of that top, top tier, like that cup Jefferson chase tier for me. I end up thinking this could be a downgrade for Waddle if there are fewer targets to go around. I think he could have been in that mid-tier wide receiver, like maybe like wide receiver eight conversation without Hill. Um should be an upgrade for Tua. I mean, he finishes a top 14 QB for fantasy in six of 13 games last year. So he was usable here and there. Um, and with these upgraded weapons, um, he could, you know, eventually vault into that low end QB one territory. Um, that said, I, I would probably put him as him as a high end QB two right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, the weapons are crazy. So he's got that upside and he's still, I think young enough where you can't totally write him off. Um, but I will say for Hill, and I agree. I think he's still a wide receiver one. I don't mind taking him in a, in a second round. That looks like that's where he's going to fall. He's around uh, you know 17th overall uh, in in overall ADP right now. But I will say this: Tyreek Hill last year, top 10 in deep targets, deep yards to a tongue of Iloa. 7.5 percent of his attempts went 20 yards or more down the field, according to Pro Football Focus. That was 36 of 37 qualifiers. So something's got to give here. Like either Tua's got to throw deeper now that he has Tyreek Hill or Tyreek Hill's upside is going to suffer significantly from having a quarterback that just doesn't like to throw deep. So I think we'll probably meet in the middle. Tyreek's still going to have a high floor because he's still a top five talent regardless of where he is. Kind of like um, the next guy we're going to talk about. So let's just let's just get in right into it. Devontae Adams. Uh, he's still going as a wide receiver for he's in Vegas now traded from the Packers. Uh, They also have DeMarcus Robinson and and Matt Hollins there. So they're starting to make over their receiving core. Uh, What do you think about this bombshell Devontae to the Raiders?
2: Love the AFC West arms race, but yeah, I think this ends up being a downgrade for Adams who finished as the wide receiver two last season for fantasy. He sits outside of that tier that I just mentioned as well, but just outside of it. It's not like he's a, you know, wide receiver 10 or anything like that. I think I would feel comfortable, like you said, at taking him at wide receiver four. This could be a downgrade for Hunter Renfro. He's coming off of that breakout season. He had over 1,000 yards, really started to break out after Henry Ruggs uh, was off the team, Finishes the wide receiver 13. Uh, this ends up being a, a, an upgrade for Carr, though, too. He was the QB 12. Like, he wasn't a sexy name last year, but... QB 12 for 17 games, averaged 16 fantasy points. I like him as a high-end QB two right now, but he has that QB one-off side now with Devontae Adams. Um, and I don't know if it matters, but on the other side of it for Rodgers, this is a huge, huge downgrade. Um, I don't know who he's going to be throwing to. It looks like Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb and maybe Robert Cunyon.
1: Yeah, major downgrade for Aaron Rodgers. Um, because remember, Rodgers had some pretty average seasons in terms of his efficiency mixed in, even with Adams, you know, when Adams was kind of emerging. So I just worry about his efficiency if they don't nail the draft and and get like a difference maker at wide receiver.
2: How many drafts do you think we're going to go saying that the Packers have to take a receiver early and then they don't do it? Cause this is now like draft three, I think at least.
1: Yeah. You could say they're immunized from taking receivers uh, early in the draft. I I don't know. Like I, I don't, it's, it's, it's tough because it's, it's interesting to me that Rodgers you know, reportedly knew about Devontae's desire to leave and still sign back on. So, I mean, how much more can they do to, like, not give him what he needs? You know, it's like they had only one other player besides Adams and Aaron Jones had multiple targets in their playoff loss to San Francisco. And that was Dominique Daphne, who was the I don't know, is he the tight end, the second, third, fourth tight end? He's what? Because they have so many tight ends and fullbacks on this roster. I feel that. like that must have been
2: like a convince me prop for you at some point. Yeah. some kind of like Dominic
1: yes. Daphne under 15 <laughs> receiving yards. I just try to get them posted. Like hopefully, if I keep betting them, they keep posting them because that's the thing. Any anytime you give me a, a backup tight end, I'm taking his under. <laughs> <laughs> but um, here's the thing about Adams. Uh, you know, two years back, Rogers missed half the season. Adams still averaged 5.8 catches, 66 yards, and a half a touchdown per game. He only dropped off about one and a half, little over one and a half PPR, half PPR point um, compared to his usual average over the last five years um, with Rodgers in the lineup. So remember, this is his, you know, college quarterback. You know, he really wants to be here. That's why the trade happened. So, you know, I, I think I like Adams to kind of hold up his end of the bargain a little more than Hill, just because I think Carr is better than Tuna Um Carr has kind of, you know, surprisingly had some pretty efficient seasons and, you know, they have chemistry there. So it's not, you know, it's not like Adams is going to go here and like, it's not like an Odell Beckham to Cleveland situation where it's like, is he going to mesh with Baker? You know, like we don't, this is like Adams has co-signed this move. So I I think the floor is still going to be incredibly high for Adams. I would, if, you know, if he's dropping past wide receiver four, um, if he's even at wide receiver four, I'll take that all day. Um, Just even though I don't think the ceiling's the same with, you know, the touchdown upside with Rogers, I, I think the floor. Uh, It's still massively high because he's another guy who's a top five talent, probably even higher than that. Robert Woods goes to the Titans. So the Rams, and we'll talk about that in a second, essentially swap Allen Robinson in. So Robert Woods is now a Tennessee Titan. Uh, What did you think of this one?
2: Yeah, I I thought this was an interesting one for sure. It feels like a downgrade for Woods. Uh, Stafford, obviously a better quarterback than Tannehill and offers more upside. Also, the Titans offense is just super run heavy if they have a healthy Derrick Henry, of course. There's going to be competition from A.J. Brown, maybe in that wide receiver three territory, but it's hard to say with these guys that are a little older, switching offenses, there's just a lot going on here. I think this could be a slight downgrade for A.J. Brown as well. I was pretty high on him and maybe a little less high. I still think he should be the low-end wide receiver one. This should be an upgrade for Tannehill, though. I think he still sits squarely in that QB two territory.
1: I like Panhandle even as a low end QB one um, because I mean this offense could be scary because Julio Jones never really played last year and Brown was obviously hurt a lot too. So if they get like a full season out of Brown and Woods and then Henry because remember Henry also was out for half that year, this could be their most explosive iteration of this offense. Yeah, because you also, as we'll talk about a little later, you uh, also signed Austin Hooper, who I think is one of the better tight ends receiving wise that they've had, especially an upgrade over a guy like Ferkser. So, um, it, you know, for Woods himself, yeah, I, I agree. I think it's a downgrade, but he's probably still no worse than a, a wide receiver, you know, two, three, because if you look at his numbers, you know, wide receiver 11 last year while he was healthy and in, in fantasy points per game in half PPR, wide receiver 13 in 2020, 17 in 2019, wide receiver 10 in 2018 wide receiver 18 in 2017. So ever since he moved to the Rams, he's been inside that top 20 uh, hasn't suffered too many other injuries um, outside of last year. So uh, there's still a, I think a decent floor for Robert Woods, but um, Tennessee's just not, not nearly as pass heavy. And, that, and that's ultimately, I think going to knock him down into more of that, you know, low end wide receiver two, or just wide receiver three um, territory. All right, uh, Allen Robinson, what did you think of Robinson going to the Rams after he just, I mean, if you drafted Allen Robinson last year, you probably did not win your fantasy league.
2: Hey, I did draft Allen Robinson <laughs> and I did win those leagues, but I'm mean, like, okay, with cutting ties with people pretty fast. Um, But yeah, I mean, this feels like a pretty good upgrade for him. He finally has this tried and tested QB. Um, Not that Justin Fields had a terrible season, but you've got to feel for Robinson, who's just like, gone his whole career without having like a really good pocket passer but yeah to your point he was a total dud um finished as wide receiver 88 with 12 games played not great but previously had finished as wide receiver 11 and wide receiver 12 with very subpar qb play so i'm i'm cautiously optimistic i might go back to that well um he will be the wide receiver two in that offense with what's gone so i think he could be a wide receiver three with upside kind of guy. Um, I don't think this impacts Cooper Cup at all.
1: That's pretty much the thing. He's he's going to be in that wide receiver three range as well. I think obviously if, you know, and it looks like, you know, Beckham probably won't be back. Um, you know, you're going to be the number two target in that offense. That's still valuable, especially with Cooper Cup. Um, kind of demanding double teams. But still, I think you have to be a little bit cautious with Robinson. Um, you know, if there's some preseason hype, probably be a guy I'd fade just because he's kind of past that peak age of his career. Now wide receivers usually peak around, you know, 26, 27. Um, he's a little older than that now, and he's just coming off a really bad season. And there is, you know, a correlation between year over year numbers. So it's, you can only uh, kind of project so much of a bounce back with Robinson. So, yeah, I think, you know, if he start if, people, if the hype starts building, I'd be off of him, but right now, yeah, I'd say he's a solid wide receiver three Amari Cooper. This one's interesting. I mean, he's as we speak, the wide receiver one for the Cleveland Browns now um, moved from Dallas. What do you think of Coop to Cleveland?
2: Yeah, this is this is a confusing one because there's a lot of moving pieces. I mean, there's less competition for him on one hand. He doesn't have to compete with CeeDee Lamb or Michael Gallup when he was healthy or the two tight ends or Zeke and Pollard or anything like that. So that could sort of Help him. I'm gonna say, like generously, we could say that Watson will be equal to Dak in terms of quarterback play, but we don't really totally know. And uh also we don't know if he's going to miss games. So Cooper finished in that wide receiver two territory last year. And I think I, I would probably draft him there this year. Just yeah, I think it's an upgrade, but there's a lot of question marks.
1: Yeah, I, I love the upside here for Cooper, who's always been a pretty consistent high floor receiver um in his career. Now, you know, he's 28, so it's a tiny bit past that peak age, but um, still very much in his prime. But I just look at Deshaun Watson. I I, I mentioned earlier how Watson has given us top seven performances every year. Well, in 2020, Watson's number one receiver, Will Fuller, was wide receiver seven um, before he got suspended. Uh, The year before that, DeAndre Hopkins was wide receiver six. Uh, The year before that, Hopkins was wide receiver four. And in Watson's rookie year, in the games that he started, weeks two through eight, Hopkins is wide receiver one. So not only has Watson never given us lower than a top seven fantasy performance, but his number one receiver has never given us lower than a top seven fantasy performance. So and you're not going to have to pay that for Cooper regardless. You know, he's going to be drafted no higher than a wide receiver, too. So um, he is a guy that I'm bullish on. And uh, I, I think he has a ton of upside. Here, because again, I I think, you know, as you mentioned, they probably will open it up a a little bit in this offense. So as long as Watson's out there, uh, I love I love me some Cooper for 2022.
2: You totally convinced me.
1: (laughs) Convinced me, by the way. That's our that's our live show. It will be back 11 a.m. Eastern uh, every Sunday during the NFL season. Such a company. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Christian Kurt. This is one of my favorites. I actually predicted he would go to Jacksonville. They also signed Zay Jones. but. I don't know. I kind of like this for the Jaguars. It's not super flashy or super sexy, but I think they got a good player. Um, What do you think?
2: Yeah, this is an interesting one. Like you said, not super sexy. He's coming off of that solid year four breakout um, reeled in just shy of a thousand yards and finished as the wide receiver 24 very quietly. Um, I think this is a downgrade for Kirk from the Cardinals just because how explosive Kyler has been and that offense has been and he certainly has the chance, though, to, you know, emerge as this alpha on a depth chart that's not super impressive. That's going to be Say Jones, Marvin Jones, LaVisca Chenault, RIP, um, Laquan Treadmill, and Jamal Agnew. Laquan um,
1: Treadmill, yeah. <laughs> he, has, he has been running in place for his entire career.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, I mean, like, for for Trevor Lawrence, this this could be a good thing. Like, like you kind of alluded to earlier, there could be some, like, post type sleeper dip that you can buy with the Jaguars because like we were so high on them before and now we're writing them all off uh after Urban Meyer kind of tanked that team so uh Trevor Lawrence was QB 23 last season and he could be a solid QB 2 option um if this offense starts to function like an NFL offense
1: so right now Kirk's going uh, as a wide receiver four in fantasy outside the top 36 um maybe that'll change but I'm actually willing to take him in that spot. He's still young. Uh, he, last year, he played 78% of his snaps in the slot. The year before, 84% of his snaps out wide. So he can play inside, outside. Um, he was, you know, 38th of 103 qualified wide receivers in yards per route run against man coverage last year. So he can beat man coverage. You can move him around. Um, so he's a guy you could draft as a wide receiver for. That could be the wide receiver one for his team. Which then gives him, you know, wide receiver two upside because I think Trevor Lawrence can take a huge jump in his first offseason without Urban Meyer. This is a you know top overall selection, and really the alpha position is still there for the taking. I mean, Marvin Jones did turn it on at certain points last year. He didn't look completely washed. I think it was more a function of the offense and his relationship with with Urban Meyer. Um, but there's it's not out of the question that Kirk could be the alpha guy that can move around. You know, get get the you know, ideal matchups, uh, favorable matchups, you know, by moving him around, beating man in coverage. I mean, there's a lot to like with Christian Kirk, uh, who's just entering his prime now. Like, we might not have even seen his best year yet, um, even though he's going to a team that, you know, everyone's going to kind of intuitively write off because they've been so bad. So um, I like this for, for Jacksonville, and I like it just as a value pick. Um, obviously, a lot of things could change um, by the time we get to August, but right now uh, he looks like a value to me.
2: As long as he doesn't impact uh, Dan Arnold's stock as our favorite tight end on this podcast.
1: Oh yeah, no, that's obviously Evan Ingram will impact that. Uh, So we'll talk about that, but yeah, it might be over for my God, Dan Arnold. I don't know. All right. uh, Kansas city. So now, you know, we'll kind of talk about the other side of the Tyreek Hill uh, move to Miami. And that is that Kansas city has vacated 260 targets between Hill uh, demarcus robinson and byron pringle so we got juju here and then we just got word that marquez valdez scantling signed for too much money with the chiefs so uh i mean 260 targets a lot of targets uh what do you think
2: i mean yeah it's an obviously a obviously an upgrade for juju going from a aging ben roethlisberger to patrick mahomes in his prime um there's certainly less competition on this depth chart i mean like if you combined the prowess of like Nicole Hardman, MVS, and Josh Gordon, you would not get like a fraction of Travis Kelsey. So um, yeah, I mean, like uh could definitely resurrect as a wide receiver three in his second act here. Um, in terms of MVS, I just can't wait for people to overdraft him and think that he's just gonna be this like sexy name as the wide receiver two. But he's had that opportunity in a lot of situations with the Packers, like to really Get that wide receiver two role, and I think he's going to end up being like a Sammy Watkins guy, that like Boomer Bus guy, that's going to give us three touchdowns in one game and then go silent for the rest of the year.
1: Yeah, it, it's like as of now, and obviously they could make a move. Though I don't know how you know as far as a established player, I don't really know what more they could do. Maybe maybe an Odell Beckham, but obviously they might have to address the position in the draft. But right now, it looks like you're going to have Valdez Scantling. Uh, on the outside one outside spot and then hardman and smith schuster uh, as your starting three wide receivers which i mean that is a big downgrade but you know it, it you know for juju he gets travis kelsey and we have seen him have success when he has another you know elite weapon around him you know the years with antonio brown were some of his best so there is some upside here but I mean, he's averaged 8.6 yards per catch the last two years, so I can't really get too excited about Juju, but I will be paying attention to the training camp reports. Are they using him exclusively in the slot? Are they planning to increase his average depth of target? I think these things will be uh, really important to where Juju could be, you know, a a value play, or he could be overdrafted just because of, you know, the quarterback. So
2: I'm just looking forward to these Brittany Matthews, Juju, TikTok collabs, Corvette, Corvette. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> no no, Mahomes brother. What's his name? Jackson Mahomes. You know, yeah. Jackson Mahomes gonna...
2: <laughs> will be incorporated too. I'm sure it's going to be the TikTok team.
1: <laughs> oh man. Yeah. That's where we are now without Tyreek. We're just like, all right, from a Super Bowl contender to a good TikTok team. That's, that's, <laughs> that's where we are in 2022. Um, all right. So wide receiver, obviously we could spend all day here. We might devote a whole podcast in the future to just talking about um, some more of the implications of the wide receiver moves, but Um, We do want to get to tight end. So just give us kind of the other uh, wide receivers that have changed teams uh, this offseason.
2: Yeah, we've got Russell Gage going to the Bucs, DJ Chark going to the Lions, uh, Jamison Crowder going to Buffalo. I thought that one was pretty interesting. James Washington signing with Dallas, Zach Pascal going to uh, Philadelphia. I thought that one was also interesting, too, with uh, his connection with Nick Sirianni. Um, Carolina signing Rashard Higgins, Pittsburgh signing Gunner Oshavsky, uh <laughs> San Francisco signing Ray Ray McLeod, Chicago signing Byron Pringle and Equanimous St. Brown as well.
1: Yeah, a lot of a lot of crazy wide receiver names, huh? Uh, amongst the guys that probably won't matter at all uh, ever.
2: <laughs> I feel like Zach Pascal will give us like one good game that we can stream. So like that that's probably the best we can get from this huh. group. And maybe you know if Chris Godwin and his ACL situation is like causes him to miss games. Maybe Russell Gage could be interesting. Yeah.
1: I I think that's the one that I'm intrigued by. I I could see Russell Gage having a lot of like 10 catch, 85 yard, no touchdown games with (laughs) with Tom Brady. Right. Like, you know, it'll it'll get the job done. It'll get the job done. Chark. I worry about a little bit just because uh, um, our boy, Amon Ross St. Brown is is so good. Um, So I think he's going to kind of hog the, the targets and you still got Hawkins in there. So, um, you know, that, that's one not super excited about, but yeah, I think gauge is the one out of the guys we mentioned that, uh, I'm kind of looking forward to in fantasy. All right, let's, uh, let's close things out with tight end and, uh, we'll start with Austin Hooper going to the Tennessee Titans from the Cleveland Browns. So finally got a uh, David Najoku freed up and, uh, the Titans finally got a, a viable, tight end or pass catching tight end one.
2: Yeah, I think that Hooper was criminally underutilized with the Browns. Um, He was always a guy that I felt like could be something. um, But yeah, he could definitely see an expanded role with the Titans, though their offense we've mentioned already is pretty run heavy. So not a ton of targets to go around, but they've also got AJ Brown and Robert Woods um, he finished as the tight end 24 last year and tight end 21 the year prior, but that's also just because he was used in a totally different role. So I think this is going to be an upgrade for him just based on the situation and Tannehill being better than Baker Mayfield.
1: Yeah. ceiling is still probably low end tight end one at absolute best. I mean, last year Titans top tight end was Berkser. He was a tight end 46 the year before John who was the TE 10 uh, and then Delaney Walker, um about half the season with the tight end 16 in points per game in 2019 and, and John, who got a little boost once Walker was out but um you kind of mentioned it they're still run heavy and Hooper's not really a great you know blocker um so I still wonder you know where his you know routes per drop back his snap rate is going to end up I think he'll be used more like Furkser than like this every down you know 80 90% snap guy that he was in in Atlanta uh, a couple years ago. So I don't think it's going to be too fantasy relevant outside of maybe like a bye week crunch type situation. And that's kind of the theme uh, for most of these tight ends that have changed teams. Uh, the next one, Gerald Everett, uh, he goes from the Seahawks to the Chargers.
2: Yeah, pretty much in that low-end tight end two tier for me. I mean, I guess this is a somewhat lateral move. The offense is better on the Chargers than the Seahawks was last year, but there are a lot of mouths to feed on that offense. I mean, we've definitely seen tight ends be productive on the Chargers, but again, I'm I'm not going to put him higher than a low-end tight end to going to be undrafted in most people's leagues.
1: Yeah. Uh, Jared Cook, the Chargers top tight end, was a tight end 19 last year. And Everett was a tight end 20. So lateral move uh, hits the nail on the head. Hayden Hurst goes from the Falcons to the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, they, of course, lose CJ Usoma to the Jets. So, I mean, what do you think of this one with Hurst teaming up with Joe Burrow?
2: I mean, it's an upgrade, but it's it's not a super relevant one. I mean, Usoma was the tight end 16 last year so. Maybe. I mean, like, Hurst had his moments, but he was obviously completely eclipsed by Kyle Pitts um, in his ridiculous rookie season. Hurst is one year removed from a tight end nine finish, though, in 2020. So he will be the tight end one there. Still another guy that I think is going to go undrafted in most leagues.
1: Yeah, he's another guy. He'll have his weeks. But, yeah, you mentioned Yuzoma. He's in that mid-range tight end, too, uh, in terms of production. So I think that's kind of what we expect from Hurst. Though he will... Um, in all likelihood get a bump from his 50% uh, snap rate, uh, you know, a year ago. So um, maybe some some upside, but as of now, I think there are a lot better options. Um, Noah Fant, he goes and takes that top role now in Seattle. And I think, as you mentioned, it's probably the best news there is probably for Albert Okuwebunam in Denver uh, than it is, you know, good news for Fant, you know, in the Seahawks.
2: Yeah, fans been on that like fringe tight end one thing for a couple of years. And this now really knocks him outside of it. I mean, the O-line's worse in Seattle. No real solution at quarterback yet. Um, didn't see much production from Gerald Everett last year. 48 catches for 478 yards. So overall, this ends up being a downgrade for him. And Alberto gets gets a pretty significant
1: bump, I think. All right, let's close it out with uh, the rest of the tight end movement uh, this offseason.
2: Yeah, as you mentioned, CJ Uzama um, going to the Jets as well as Tyler Conklin, another compliment of not super impressive dudes. But uh, Jacksonville signing Evan Ingram, uh, if he can ever stay healthy, that could be maybe interesting. Um, Buffalo getting OJ Howard. Uh, The Giants signing Ricky Seals Jones. He was a guy that was somewhat interesting last year for a couple games with Washington. Um, Eric Tomlinson signing with the Broncos. Garrett Griffin signing with the Lions. Jacob Hollister signing with the Raiders. And Johnny Mund signing with the Vikings. Any points there?
1: Nah, I think Ingram, probably the most interesting. And just O.J. Howard to Buffalo, because that signifies that. Um, you know, they may be going to more of that two tight end look that they they had success with down the stretch last year, um, which it, it's good news for Gabe Davis, because I think he'll be that outside receiver, but kind of means Jamison Crowder, maybe not as exciting as he would have been, let's say, if this happened going into last year, um, just because I think Buffalo not looking to be this four wide team necessarily anymore. So um, th- that's, that's the one that kind of caught my attention. But yeah, that's, uh, that's going to do it. We got through a lot on this podcast. So thank you guys for listening. Hopefully we caught you up to date. Um, Keep it locked for the channel. We'll start hitting you with episodes every week uh, from here on out. Uh, you guys can find Samantha on Twitter at Samantha NFL. You can find me at Chris Raybon, and uh, you can check out all of our NFL betting and fantasy content at actionnetwork.com. Be sure to leave us a rating and review on Apple or Spotify. Until next time, let's get this money.